Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and uh, today I'm talking about Manchester United's 3-1 win away in the Premier League against, was it Brentford? Yes, Brentford. Uh, Today, um, interesting game, interesting game, a game of two halves, certainly. Um, There's two overall points that I want to take from, obviously we take three points, but what I mean is two points of conversation. That I want to take from this game. And the first one. The first point might seem a bit dramatic. And the second point might seem a lot more obvious. But the second point still needs to be said. If we didn't. it So this would either be a, a case of two different scenarios. Either if De Gea was a bad goalkeeper. Or if we had a different goalkeeper in the goal. Who was worse than De Gea. So if Dean Henderson had played or something. I think we would have been, I don't know about in the relegation zone, but we would be in a relegation scrap this season, I think. I don't know where we would be, like if we would be 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, whatever. I honestly do think that we would have been in a relegation scrap this season if it wasn't for De Gea. I don't think a lot of people notice how many saves he makes. I um, Let me look at the stats, actually. Uh... Shots on goal for them, 8, and we had 5. So it could have been 8-5 to them, technically, if you put it that way. Um, Yeah, just defence letting letting the goalkeeper down in the first half. The midfielders letting the goalkeeper down in the first half. And more so in the first half than the second half. But I think he made about 5 or 6 of those saves in the first half. Because uh, we could have been about four or five down by half time. We really could have. Um, if Brentford were a better team or better at finishing or like a more clinical team. We would have been in a very bad state um, by by the by half time, by the second half. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the first point that needs to be stated. That regardless of all the other players on the pitch. Um, I think if De Gea doesn't make the amount of saves that he does this season. Because we're 20, is it 21 games now? I think we're 21 games now into this season. Yeah, because it was 20 on the last episode. And that's like over the halfway point of the season. Um, But yeah, I think we would have been in a relegation scrap if it wasn't for our goalkeeper, honestly. Because simply put, if he doesn't make the saves that he makes and the opposition score more goals, which would be about four or five goals a game, roughly, um then obviously that would change a lot of scorelines, which would lead to some different results. So we're very, very lucky to have him. And uh, I just wanted to make that as my first point. Second point is um, McFred, McTominay and Fred. McFred is their nickname, whatever. Um, A game of two halves for those two players. Um, I thought Fred was the worser of the two. Um, But yeah, we just don't control the midfield in games. We just we just don't. And I looked at the way that Brentford was setting up today with five in midfield. And I thought, okay, so they got three midfielders and then two the wide players. Because what this shows me here is that they're playing a three-five-two. So they got three in midfield, and we've got two. Bruno's like obviously further up the pitch because we're playing a four-two-three-one. Um. We just don't control the midfield. They lose the ball too much. Um, they lose the ball. They they lose the ball whether it's from just being tackled, uh, not getting the ball intercepted, sorry, not intercepting the ball, 
or from their passes going astray. And then they usually like, you know, Fred makes one Keller pass in this game, Alanga scores, that's great. But does it make up for a really, really bad first half where we can't, we just can't get hold of the midfield? And it's not just this game, this has been an issue all season uh, when we've played the two of them. Um, so that's the second point I wanted to make. That's so much more obvious than the first thing. But because uh, I, I just noticed that a lot of people don't really give um, the hair the credit that's due. And I think he's I think he's been our best player this season. And that's really that's really bad that our best player this season has been our goalkeeper. Because your goalkeeper should be your least active player. Um, because he should, your goalkeeper shouldn't have... If you're a good team that's like defending well and scoring goals and winning games, then your goalkeeper isn't involved much. Um, unless it's like punching the ball from a corner or catching the ball from a corner from a shot that you've deflected... Um, from the opposition, so yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really, really awful first half. Um, I thought Brentford were going to beat us in the first half. Not to sound negative, just to sound realistic, because that's what it looked like was going to happen. And then second half, I I don't know if it was the second half we got better or Brentford just fell off because they were really, really like pressing us in the first half they were really intense they were winning a lot of the ball back and that's going to take a lot of energy and I I mean I don't know what Brentford's fitness is like um you know I can't remember the last time we played Brentford before this game actually or the last time I watched them play uh if I ever have before um so I don't really know much about Brentford I just know that they're a team that we should beat should beat quite comfortably um but that first half was not comfortable at all. Um, you know, they were beating us to all the second balls. They were tackling us. They were pressing us. They they were playing against us how we should be playing against them. Because, again, I kind of dug into this in a lengthy thing in the, in the previous episode. So you can listen to that if you want a bit more. But um, this whole Gagan pressing thing that we're supposed to be doing now, that's not Ralph's fault that we're not doing it. It could be the players. It could be the fitness. It could be a time adjustment thing. There's a lot of different factors that go into it. But that is... Like, Gagan pressing is supposed to be this, like, relentless pressing. Where you're playing, like, really, really intense. It's called, like, heavy metal football. I'm not I'm not saying that that's what Brentford were doing. They were doing, like, a minimised version of it where they fall off in the second half. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like the first half should have been opposite. We should have been doing that to Brentford instead of them doing it to us. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't complain about a 3-1 win, really. But you, you have to look at a game of football from two angles. You have to look at, okay, what was the score and is it a good result? Yes, good result. 3-1's a good result. But is the performance good enough? Is there still concerns? Absolutely, there's still concerns. And there's definitely concerns when... Because, like, you, you can't look at this game and be like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go... you cheer and we, we beat Brentford and that's great I mean not the hardest team to beat in the world um, you know if you win the Manchester Derby or if you beat Liverpool you beat Chelsea or something like that that's like yeah we beat a big team Brentford aren't a big team Brentford's one of them teams where you should go oh yeah that's you know you, you look at a fixtures list and you go oh yeah that that's that's another one in in the books and then you go oh Chelsea away or Man City at home and then you go oh you know Bit, should be a bit more neck and neck. I mean, maybe that's the old way that you should look at football because obviously any anybody can beat anybody in the world of football. I'm just saying realistically, what should happen is compared to what should happen against other teams. Um, 
which again drives the point home about like how the first half should have been opposite we should have been doing it to them so yeah um but i was you know feeling quite quite negative at half time i was feeling like i was going to go in on the team a bit more not that that's even a thing i really do but that was my mindset at the time um what i mean by going on the team is like shout and stuff but obviously you know i don't i don't tend to really shout on podcasts anyway um if i ever have um but uh, yeah second half we come out obviously we score a few goals brentford maybe fell off a bit we took advantage of that it's good that we took advantage of that but that shouldn't have to happen in order for us to beat brentford um this is sort of one of them games where it's like okay maybe we got away with this one but if we had the same game again would we get the same result like if we played brentford tomorrow and then Brentford went, okay, we fell off, maybe we should, you know, try to look at ways to not do that. Then they have a different approach. Then maybe things go a different way. So, we shall see. Um, Alright, that's uh, so all my general thoughts on the game. Um, I mean, I'll get into more stuff in the, in the player ratings. That's where I spend a bit more time, arguably, talking about individual players and whatnot. Uh, but, um... I suppose the other thing I always talk about, um, Rashford, I suppose I was right about him in a very, very good way, which is, you know, he was put on the bench for the last two, was he on the bench last game? I think he was on the bench in the last game. Um, and to use Rashford as an impact sub, wait for a team to get tired, it doesn't have to be a lower sort of team like a Brentford, but wait for a team to get tired, bring him on in and around the 70th minute. And let him run at the defence. And he scored. So, I mean, he played on the right wing, which is strange and whatever. But um, he got a goal from it. Like, the, the way I said that we should be using Rashford at the moment. Like, obviously, once he picks up some form and, and starts scoring, then you debate as to whether you put back him, him back in the starting eleven. But at the moment, you don't do that. Um, But it's sort of like... Yeah, the way I spoke about him was, okay, he's out of form. If a player's out of form, you've got to stop starting them uh, at the beginning of the game. You've got to either drop them or put them on the bench. That's what you have to do. Because then you also give somebody else a chance. That could freshen the team. Um, and that's exactly what we did. And Alanga's kind of worked his way into this team a bit, which I like because I really like Alanga. Um, but anyway, it was good uh, what, what happened with Rashford. That that the, the way I've described him to be used within the team is the way that he was used today. So whether I was right about that doesn't really matter. But I'm glad that that's uh, worked out that way. At least for this game. You know, we have no idea what's going to happen on Saturday. Um, I think we're going to struggle a bit against West Ham. Um, I know they lost to Leeds. But that was a very, um, very, very tight game. So... Um, Alright, I, th- I think that's pretty much it for the before. Um, oh no, I've got to get into the goals as well. Yes, uh, let me spend some time doing that. Uh, speaking of Alanga, um, <laughs> it's weird. On this, uh, what's this football app? Uh, it's called Flash Score. Um, it's what I use to just look through the summary and whatnot. It's I-, I like the way it's listed for me to read. And the first half, it's got no events, no no bookings, no substitutions, no goals, nothing like that. Uh, so we just skip the first half part of the summary because there's nothing written for it. Um, so yeah, Fred uh, making a very good pass to Alanga. This is where you get into the the, the the fascinating part with Fred and McTominay because they are fascinating players because they could be having some of the worst games like in the first half 
And then you think, get them off the pitch. And I was there with everyone in the first half. Like, get these two off the pitch. Don't don't start them, first of all, but get them off the pitch. And then they stay on the pitch. And then we're at the, what was it, 55 minutes. Is that 55 minutes? This writing's very small. 55 minutes. I thought my eyes were supposed to be good. Um, anyway, 55 minutes. Um, Fred makes a very good pass into Alanga. And I love the way that Alanga takes this goal. Because the ball gets crossed over to him and you're thinking, oh, there's a header or a volley or he's going to chest it down and kick it. I'm not seeing many goals taken the way that this was taken. So the ball comes over to Alanga, who's made a run from the uh, left-hand side. And then, like, instead of shooting, flicks the ball up to his own head and then heads it in the goal. Clearly, that's, that's the, like... As he was running and as the ball's going over to him, I mean, we don't know what these players are thinking of in the moment because, well, we just don't know that. Um, so his thought was, I'm going to flick the ball up to my own head or maybe just flick the ball up. Maybe he didn't plan it to go to his head, but um, it did and he headed the goal in. And you can almost tell with the goalkeeper, whether it's the quality of the goalkeeper because he's, you know, a Brentford player. It looked like he confused the goalkeeper. A little bit because the goalkeeper was almost you could if you because you I, I I was looking at the goalkeeper from the replay and I was think I was kind of thinking how did the goalkeeper not come for this uh, for this ball you know how, how did he not go why didn't he try to close Alanga down like what happened here because sometimes you know when you see a quick goal like that you just see it happen in a flash and then you have to you look at things a bit more on a replay and. I think the goalkeeper thought he was going to shoot or something because he flicks the ball up and then the goalkeeper sort of stutters to one side and then it gives Alanga loads of room on that right-hand side and he just heads it in. But really, really well-taken goal. It's a, it's a different goal, certainly. But, um, yeah, good on him. Um, that's not Alanga's first goal, actually, for Man United. He has scored one goal before. I think there was a game at the end of last season. This was when Alanga and everybody started breaking into the team. And James crossed the ball in, if you all remember, Daniel James. Um, crossed the ball in for Alanga and he headed the ball in. So I guess he's got a very good header on him, which is good at that age. He is, how old is he again? 19, so a little bit younger than Greenwood. Um, but yeah, headed the, goal, headed the ball in and uh, two headed goals for him so far. Um, I think he's only scored that goal and this goal. I can't remember another one that he scored. Obviously, he's probably scored for like the academy and that sort of thing, but... Uh, Obviously, I'm talking about first-team appearances. So, um, good stuff. I, I really, really like that goal. It surprised me. And it looked, looked like it surprised the goalkeeper, so that was good. Uh, then we hit the team on the break a little bit. Again, McTominay deciding he can play good football. Um, he takes the ball down, makes a little pass. I think he made the pass straight through to... It was either McTominay played it to somebody else who passed it through to, through to Bruno, or he played it through to Bruno. I can't quite remember. But then Bruno made a run. Uh, in on in towards the box, Brentford players couldn't catch him, and he squared it to Greenwood for an easy finish. Uh, and this gets into what I was talking about Greenwood with um, in the previous episode, which is that he needs to stop being played on the wing, which obviously happened again. Um, because this is where this is this is where you want Greenwood. You want him running into the box, ready to receive the pass instead of running in. Well, you want him to run in the box with the ball as well. But not in a position for him to like pass or cross it because that's not Greenwood's strength. Greenwood's strength is running into the ball, sorry, into the box with the ball um, at a position where he can you know get a good shot off or something. Because that's what Greenwood's so good at. I'm not saying this was a great shot. Obviously, it was a tap in, but you have to be right place, right time. Um, 
So yeah, uh, it's a bit, bit, bit more of a, I guess it's a bit more of a team goal this one. It was a, a good finish though, but um, it does come from, uh, you know, a a couple of good passes in midfield. Which you look at a goal like that, and Fred's goal, and you look at Fred and McTominay's contributions in both goals. Obviously, Fred with the cross with the first goal, and then uh, McTominay's like controlled the ball and passed it forward. Why couldn't you do that in the first half? That's 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 the question I'm I'm leaving there, which is you play the boat but the pair of them played so bad in the first half that they should have been subbed off. Ralph kept them on the pitch obviously. Um and then they made obviously Fred's made a bigger contribution to the first goal because he crossed it in, but Matomane did play a part in that second goal. But why can't you do that more often? What is stopping you? What why are we getting these versions of McTominay and Fred that are like one minute they're the worst players in the world and then the next minute, Fred's doing like this cross into Alanga that's like really, really good. And then, obviously, McTominay doesn't do something as special for the second goal, but just getting the ball and just passing it forward. Like, what? Like, why can't they do those? There's both simple things, but why can't they just do them more often? Because when you do see good flashes of things from McTominay and Fred, like these good passes or you know crossing for a goal, you think. That's what we want you to do, but why can't you just do it more consistently? Um, but yeah. So, anyway, like, what was stopping you from, uh, you know, I guess from doing that in the first half? <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, but they got there in the end, I suppose. So that's what matters. And then a couple of substitutions. Uh, Rashford came on for Greenwood. Again, this is what I've been asking for. Impact substitutions. I wouldn't have necessarily taken off Greenwood. Um, I probably... Uh, I might have to... I would have probably taken off Ronaldo. I mean, Ronaldo does get get taken off the pitch anyway. Uh, but obviously he decided to go to a back five. Now, here's a funny thing with these two substitutions. Because you do get the uh, Matic for McTominay one a bit later. And obviously there's a goal in between those for Rashford to talk about. Um, so I like that he brought Rashford on around the 70th minute as an impact sub. That's what, literally what I've been asking for and it worked because he scored. And Rashford did look better when he arrived on the pitch. He he, he just did. Um, and I kind of understand the Maguire on for Ronaldo and going to a back five. Because I think Ralph was looking at the game and thinking, oh, 2-0 up. We were 2-0 up a few days ago and then we threw it away. Because I maybe made substitutions a bit too late. So that's possibly what Ralph is thinking. Is like, okay, I'm 2-0 up here. Let me just solidify the defence by adding somebody else in. One of the players I've got on the bench is Maguire. And I'm going to take a um, striker off. And he thinks of Ronaldo. Fair enough, but I, I mean, which who was the other? I think the other defender was um, it was Jones actually, and some of you might laugh at me for saying I would have brought off Jones, uh, brought on Jones instead of Maguire because I was genuinely impressed by his performance against was it Watford Wolves the the other the other week. I know we lost the game in the end, but I thought Jones's performance was generally better than what we've seen in the last few years uh or or sort of recently um so that's just the difference i would have made there um but 
But uh, I would probably, I would have still kind of taken off Ronaldo. I would have maybe taken off, um, I mean, McTominay does get brought off anyway for Matic. So I, it pretty much worked out the same way I would have done it. I just wouldn't have brought on Maguire and I wouldn't. So I wouldn't have brought on Maguire and I wouldn't have taken off Greenwood. But I would have taken off Ronaldo and I would have taken off McTominay. So make of that what you will. But it's very, very, it's very, very similar to what I would have done, just not the exact same thing. So, um, excuse me if I'm being picky, but um, I'm just, I'm just comparing what I would have done versus what Ralph did because I like to compare and contrast. But um, these are some of the better substitutions that we've made. I mean, we did concede a goal after Maguire was brought on the pitch, so maybe there's something to be said for that. But who knows? Um. And then, as I said, uh, Rashford scored later on in the 77th minute. Literally six minutes after he's brought on the pitch. Uh, Bruno with um, another assist. And then Rashford just a bit, bit a little bit similar to the um, uh, the Greenwood goal, but from a bit further out. And then Rashford gets a nice um, finish near enough on the back post, which is a, a good little finish. And you can, you can clearly see Rashford had a bit more energy. He had a bit more focus. And he had a bit more fight in him than than usual, so that was uh, that was good. Uh, so good goal. But hey, that's exactly what I've been asking for. You know, Rashford to be brought on as a late substitution, uh, as an impact sub. There's nothing wrong with being used as an impact sub. It can be quite a good thing for the team, and it worked here. Will it work again? I have no idea. But uh, will Rashford start the next game? I also have no idea. <clears throat> Would I start Rashford in the next game? No, I'd probably start Alanga, Sancho and Greenwood in the next game. And then you can maybe bring Ronaldo on later. Um, but yeah, there was that. And then uh, I actually didn't see this substitution happen. I must have looked away to have some of my drink. Or I, I don't know what I, I would have been looking at. But I looked away from the screen for like two seconds. Uh, I didn't leave the room. I didn't go to do anything, and then it was really weird. Uh, I just I looked up at the screen, and then somebody had like made a pass or something. I was like, "Wait a minute, who is that on the pitch?" And it was this Matic just standing there. And I was like, "Okay," I was looking around at the players. Obviously, it's a bit zoomed out, but I was like, "Who's been brought off?" And then I couldn't see McTominay. I was like, oh, "Okay, probably, probably Matic on for McTominay," but I have no idea when. I mean, it says here eighty-four minutes. I I saw. When it happened, I just didn't see the actual substitution happen, but maybe it was very, very quick. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, that was interesting. Again, a way to sort of solidify things. Um, that is a substitution I would have made. Um, I guess the substitution I would have made instead is um, Ronaldo off and, like, Donny on. But I guess we don't talk about Van der Beek anymore because... Yeah, anyway, um, and then they scored a goal that was just a scrappy goal from a corner. Was it Maguire's fault? Who fault whose fault was it? I'm not really sure. But um, anyway, that was their uh, their goal. There's not too much to fuss about with that because it didn't really get them back into the game. Uh, of course, if we hadn't scored three goals by that point and they scored in the 85th minute, there'd, there'd be a lot, uh, a bit, the conversation would be a, a, lot, a lot different. So uh, there you go. Um, Alright, that's the summary and everything, the breakdown. Uh, let's take a, do a quick bit of housekeeping and then we'll get into player ratings. I know straight away who my man of the match is. It might not be a surprise, but I'll uh, tell you all in a minute. 
Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right so recently on entertainment talk uh, it is wednesday of course so that means that we've got Another episode of our classic reviews, sorry, classic reviews series. Uh, we're up to season five, episode six already. Goodness me, where did that six weeks go? All right, but season five, episode six, and that is for the, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, the 1990 film, which I believe is the first ever Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. And you can listen to that if you want to know if I enjoyed it or not. Uh, but there's ten episodes, remember, for classic reviews. Season 5, I haven't actually made the 10th episode, but I will do that shortly. Um, I've still obviously got a good few weeks left, but I can't believe we're up to episode 6 already. I don't know where that 6 weeks went, but um, there you go. Uh, It is also, uh, like I said, Wednesday, so that means another episode of A Month of Positive Creators. Uh, We're on to the 4th out of the 5 episodes. So there's the last one next week. Um, And that is for uh, ASMR Darling, and she's called uh, Taylor as well. She's, of course, another ASMR artist on YouTube. That is the theme for this year's series, which is ASMR Artists. And there are five of them that I have chosen. She's the fourth one, so you're going to find out next week who the fifth and final choice is. And that will be it once that episode comes out next week for the month of positive creators for this year. Remember, it's only a January series. It's not like an episode every week or something. Uh, It's four episodes, usually. Uh, once a year in January, so that's a, that one as well. If you're curious, there was a series that I did last year as well, which was the first season, I guess you can call that. Uh, speaking of the United cast, I went through, I, I remember mentioning doing an episode about this particular thing in the last podcast. This one's called Man United uh, Wage Bill Slash Structure. So I looked up, you can actually look it up, it's public information as to how much the players earn per week. You can look up like recent contract 
extensions I got a bit into into that kind of stuff but breaking down the lowest paid player who was actually Scott McTominay and the highest paid player and then I broke and went through that they're not in like alphabetical order they are in wage order so who earns the lowest and the highest so I went and did that and talked about um basically we're giving certain players too much money and the wage bill is a complete mess um so I talked about all of that and also looked at some other things as well I talked about Man United's wage bill slash structure. Uh, did a uh, recommend more of a recommendation type of re- review. It's a spoiler-free one. This is a must-see review for Wentworth Prison, and I called it TV's best prison show. Yes, better than Orange's New Black and better than Prison Break, uh, which is the two kind of popular ones as well. Um, if you're curious about it, if you're living in the UK, which I'd highly recommend that you watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. You don't have to like buy it or whatever. It's it's available through Prime Video. And you can go and watch that. I don't know how long it'll be on Prime Video for. But hopefully for a long time. So that a lot of you can go and watch it. But I'd highly, highly recommend it. I finished the ninth and final season uh, the other day. So you can check that episode out. Uh, also did another actor and actress spotlight episode. This one's talking about Ian Alexander and Hayley Steinfeld. Hayley Steinfeld who had a very, very big end to her 2021. She had her birthday in December. And she had two series uh, one that launched and one that finished which is dickinson that finished for its third season and the hawkeye the mcu series and also talked about ian alexander he um is uh of course an actor as well that um he was on the last of us 2 played a character called lev and then is uh currently uh starring in star trek discovery as well so that's really really cool so broke down their careers two very young promising talents which is which is great so it talks about those two people uh speaking of dc stuff uh, or comic book stuff i guess i did a must play review spoiler free review for a dc superhero girls much better than it ever should have been but it's a really really fun game a really really good time it is available only on nintendo switch unless that changes later but um what a great game i was thinking about that game a bit of time after i finished it which is good it's good when you're still thinking about something that you've uh, finished watching or playing it means it's left an impression uh but that was really good obviously the 2-2 draw uh with aston villa the united cast episode for that uh cw superheroes episode for the flash the armageddon crossover that's the five episode season eight crossover cw superheroes episode for uh, superman and lois season two episode one me and robert did those two episodes so the super superman episode and the flash episode i also covered the uh, first episode of the new cw dc show called naomi the pilot season one episode one so you can check all those things out on entertainmenttalk.org you can also find us as well on your favorite podcast platform i'm guessing you've done one of those two things which is how you're listening to this so you're welcome uh all right let's get into player ratings 10 out of 10 uh de Gea is my man of the match very very easy choice because we probably would have lost this game without him yet again um it's not a good thing that i am choosing our goalkeeper for the man of the match because like i said half an hour ago he should be our least active player on the pitch because he shouldn't really have to be making too many saves especially not sort of last gasp save that he's sort of making you know if if a Brentford player takes a pot shot from 10 yards or 20 yards or whatever and it just p-rolls towards the hair and he picks it up that's that's fine um but not the types of last gasp last minute saves that he's making like from dangerous situations that's not what you want to see um, all the other, the only other thing that we should be seeing him doing is if there's crosses that are getting put into the box for him to just be easily catching them. That's what your goalkeeper should be doing if you're a good team. But well, there you go. So I'll give him a ten. 
Uh, Delow got caught out a bit too much actually. Um, I thought he had just a below average performance. Uh, I'm going to give him a five. Uh, Lindelof and Varane. I'm um, going to give them both a six. Um, thought they were both both good. And look, I say this about Lindelof, and I said it in the previous episode, but I need to um, kind of stick to what I've said. Stick to you know um, the, the same theme or whatever, I guess. Uh, I have been saying for two years or, or almost three because I've been doing United Cast for this is my uh, third season that Lindelof is a very bad player that needs to be sold and I still think that he is but in the last two games so this game and the Aston Villa game I thought that he did alright apart from the weird positional mistake with the second goal but just his general play I think has gotten a bit better I'm, surpri- I'm su- probably as surprised as all of you that, I, that I'm even saying these things but I'll say this maybe the secret all along was to play him with Varane and obviously Varane was only new this season and we didn't have in the previous two that I just mentioned we had Lindelof and Maguire which is a horror show um it's uh it's it's interesting and look if if we go to if we play West Ham and then if Lindelof and Varane start and if they play as good as they did in this game and the last game Good. I'm glad that that works. I want Lindelof to to prove me wrong. I want him to continue on this, not like phenomenal, excellent form, but better, better than what is than what he's been. But he has surprised me in the last um, two games. Now we could have a shocker on Saturday. I I, I have no idea. Um, I mean, when when could it get to a point where I actually say like I'm happy with Lindelof, or I'm sort of I, I like seeing him on the team sheet or whatever. If if he does this for like ten games or so, then I'll be like, okay, I like Lindelof, which I can't even believe I've just said that. <laughs> but um, I mean, look, if he if he was sold to a team tomorrow, I probably wouldn't blink. I'd probably be like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then we just we we move on because we still have other defenders like Mengi, Eric Bay. And Phil Jones that I would rather keep over Lindelof. And I know that's a strange thing to say considering that I think he had a better game. But it's all about consistency. You can't have one or two good games out of like 10 and expect to be picked all the time. You're playing for Manchester United in the Premier League. You need to be consistently good. And of course we've had a lot of problems over the last, well all of this season pretty much. Um, It's been a bit topsy-turvy, a bit you know, of of a strange bad season. But um, if we're zeroing in on Lindelof for a minute, Lindelof uh, for, for a minute, um, he's been better in the last two games. Um, and believe you me, you know if he if he makes mistakes in the West Ham game or if he plays a good game, I'll just tell you what I think because that's what I'm here to do. If I if I look at Lindelof playing a game of football and I think he's done well, and then I go onto the podcast and I'll be like, oh, Lindelof was terrible, then I'm just lying, or then I have clearly you know an agenda, but. Um, Anyway, um, not like, you know, a 10 out of 10 or, or something, but um, better. I mean, I'm used to giving him sort of like between 0 and 4. Um, <laughs> but maybe the secret all along was his um, his centre-back pairing. Maybe it was, that was it the whole time. Uh, maybe Maguire's just that bad that he makes Lind- uh, makes um, uh, Ver- um, makes Lindelof look worse. Um but then, even when, like, Maguire's played with Bailey, Maguire's looked better than when he's played with Lindelof. So I guess the answer is, don't play Maguire and Lindelof. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, 
Um, but I'd still rather see Bailey and Mengi in the team because I think that they're better players. So, anyway. Uh, so, nothing about Lindelof. Uh, Varane, I'd still give him a six. I thought he was, was good. Um, relative, relatively good. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't go any higher. The reason I wouldn't go any higher with their scores is because, you know, the Brentford did get a lot of shots off. Uh, so, there you go. Um, Tellers, uh, Tellers kept falling over today. Uh, and I, I don't know what's what's going on with that. Um, I'd probably give him like a... It's weird because he did get a few crosses into the box, but Ronaldo wasn't there. Um, that's like a, a a weird team thing where if one player is doing something bad, it can make the others look worse. So, for example, Ronaldo wasn't in the box for the at least two crosses that Tellers put in there, but Tellers is putting in the cross. So Tellers is doing the right thing and Ronaldo wasn't there. But then when Tellers are putting in that cross and it's just bouncing around in Brentford's box and no one's there, it makes Tellers look worse because then you think, okay, did Tellers put in a wrong, a bad cross? Or is it the fault of the player at the other end? You know, uh, so weird, weird kind of game for Tellers. I'd give him a six. Uh, give me a lot of sixes. Um, Fred McTominay, um, I would say... Fred McTominay, I can't forget about that first half. I, I'm going to give him like a five each. Um, it probably would have been a bit lower if they weren't didn't have the goal involvements. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, there are a couple of funny players to try and give scores to sometimes, but I'd give them both maybe a five or something. Uh, Greenwood, again, it, exactly. I don't want to repeat like literally. I've got I've got the exact same thing on my mind from the last podcast from the last game about Greenwood if you keep playing him on the right and you get into the specific scenario that I detailed in the last episode you're just going to see the same results um and the the problem with playing Greenwood on the right is not only because that's not his position he's a striker I don't I don't really want Greenwood to be turned into a winger because we've seen the the goals he's capable of scoring and you want that you want that guy up front. You want him in the in the uh box with the ball at his feet because he is a very very deadly finisher. So if we're going to try and turn turn Greenwood into a winger just because we've got Cavani and Ronaldo in the team, I don't like that. Um because I don't want I mean Sure, Greenwood will get into positions and occasions where he needs to cross or pass the ball, but I don't want us to try and turn Greenwood into like a, spe- a, a, a another Sancho or something. Like Sancho is a player I'd look at and think, okay, you're not really a goal scorer, but you're there to cross the ball in. That's, that's not Greenwood's. That's not Greenwood's game. Um, and when I see complaints about like, oh, Greenwood's too greedy. He he plays on the wing and he all, all he wants to do is is run into the box and shoot. That's because. That's his striker's mindset, um, and that's what that's what he wants to do. But that's what you that's that is what you want Greenwood to do, is to have that on his mind and not be like, oh, I need to look up and cross the ball. Um, anyway, so I, I I rest my case on the Greenwood thing, but I, I think as long as Ronaldo and Cavani are here, which is between the next few months to the next year, because I think Ronaldo's here till next season. And Cavani's leaving in the summer. I think as long as they're both here, you're going to have that issue still. Um, I mean, you haven't got any shortage of good strikers, which is a good thing. Because uh, you've got three strikers who are very, very good. 
but it's uh I think I think what it is <clears throat> the way that we're using Ronaldo and, and uh, Cavani is hurting Greenwood, but it should be helping Greenwood because Greenwood should be learning from both of them. But anyway, uh, did I even give him a score? I went on about all that. I didn't even give him a score. Um, I'm gonna give him like an eight because I I liked his his game today. Um, so there you go. Uh, Bruno Fernandez did get an assist. Had a relatively decent game. Uh, I probably give him like a seven. I thought he was. A little bit wasteful in the first half. So there's that. Uh, Langer, I'm going to give an 8 to as well. I thought there's a few parts of his game he could maybe tidy up. Um, I did notice a few times where he had the ball and he was a bit isolated. And you should never have any player on your team isolated. Because you should be supporting your uh, teammate who is on the ball. So, uh, But very, very well. Really, really well taken goal. I'll be thinking about that goal for a little bit, which is good. Um, just to flick the ball out to his head, it was uh, a bit different, but um, nice one. Uh, Ronaldo, um, I got to criticise him for, I was just thinking about that Tellers thing. Why wasn't he in the box for those crosses? Because the cross went in and I was like, okay, great, I can see Greenwood, I can see Bruno. Alanga was sort of just ahead of Tellers. And then Ronaldo was like on the, drift, drifted to the right for some reason. Um... Yeah, I almost noticed this weird like interchange between Greenwood and Ronaldo, where Greenwood would go on the right, then Ronaldo would sort of drift over there. Um, but uh, as always, the problem with having somebody like Ronaldo and Cavani specifically on the team is you need to give them service. And when you've got Fred and McTominay in your midfield, because there were several times in this game where Ronaldo would, um, you know come back towards our goal he would drop deeper to try and just pick the ball up himself from midfield but Ronaldo shouldn't be doing that um but yeah that's 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 the issue that you've got really um but then again the service that we tried to give him he wasn't there for so I'm just gonna slap a six on him I suppose so yeah um uh, let's talk about subs uh Rashford I'm gonna give an eight I thought he looked really bright really sharp when he came on good goal well taken and the exact scenario that I wanted to happen with Rashford happened, so I can't be happier about that. Matic, I just about saw on the pitch. Uh, give him an average six. Didn't do loads, really. And he was brought on the pitch very late. Uh, Maguire um, was possibly at fault for that um, goal. So I'll give him like a five. I also noticed some really bad passes from Maguire as well, so I'll, I'll, I'll give him a five. So anyway... Uh, just to, to let you know, on the bench, because I've mentioned who the starting eleven is, on the bench we had, again, two goalkeepers. It's like we've got a shortage of players and we have to put our goalkeepers on the bench. Uh, we had um, is it Tim, Tom Heaton, Tim Heaton, Tom Heaton, there we go. Uh, Tom Heaton on the bench, uh, Dean Henderson, Phil Jones, Harry Maguire, Anthony Martial, very surprising, Anthony Martial's on the bench, Juan Mata, uh, Nemanja Matic, Marcus Rashford, and uh, the guy we don't talk about anymore, Donny Van der Beek. <sighs> that situation just annoys me. Van der Beek situation. <laughs> I I I don't unless unless Ralph himself told me like in an off record private meeting or something. I am one hundred percent convinced that Ralph is being told not to use Van der Beek. And I think Carrick was told the same thing. 
And I think some of that happened with Ollie, but I do think Ollie just simply preferred McTominay and Fred, which was what I said the whole time that uh, Van der Beek was there. That's that's what I was saying when Ollie was here, so I'll, I'll stick to that. But obviously, Carrick was here for a short time anyway. Was it four games? I think Ralph is. I I, I think it's like I said with the the previous episode. With how much authority, how much control does Ralph actually have over this team? And yeah, I I think I don't know why I, I don't know why as a club you commission the purchase of a player, um, like you as a club agree, agree to to do that transfer and you pay money for the player and then you treat him the way that we have. It doesn't make any sense. Um, some people think that it's like a political thing with Van der Beek. Uh, I don't know what angle to take with that because that's a possibility. But it's sort of what 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 does that mean? Um, like when when you say to me the word politics, I think of like um, things like gun control and. Like, what does freedom of speech mean within politics? I did a whole episode on that, of politics and sort of, like, COVID rules. That's what I think of when I think about politics. When I think about politics, I don't think, like, is Van der Beek allowed to be used? That's not really what... But maybe, like, football club politics. Um, But I am 100% convinced, unless I'm told by somebody that convinces me, that he is being told not to use Van der Beek... Um, because if it was, if it was a full on thing of like, Ralph had no interest in using him, why would he even put him on the bench? Um, I don't know, it's, it's what, I, like, I, I've watched Man United all my life, which has been over 20 years. I don't remember a situation ever happening like this with, with Van der Beek before. I don't ever remember something like this happening. Um, I cannot think of another player before that was bought into the club for a decent amount of money a very 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 good deal has connection that deal has connections with like a previous goalkeeper van der Sar, who is the uh, i think he's the ceo of ajax who obviously had a helping hand in making that deal cheaper from ajax like this young promising talented dutch footballer who's used to who's used to being played in a similar setup that Ralph is going for because the setup from what I understand the setup that Ralph is trying to use this whole like German Gagan pressing thing and and this like one touch football kind of thing from what I understand and I've seen some clips of how Ajax play football because Ajax is who he used to play for that's how Ajax play football so why is Van der Beek not perfect for obviously you know the full transformation for the team hasn't happened but if you want to help that, you probably want to use a player who's played in that type of system, which is Van der Beek. But it's just, it's just the weird stuff about, like, he started barely any games for the team. Um, the team bragging last... The, the, the social media accounts bragging last week about, like, oh, we started 50 games. It's like, yeah, but they were, like, two minutes each. These weird late substitutions where he's brought on the pitch for two minutes or five minutes... Most about 10 minutes. Um, it doesn't start games. Some games he doesn't even get used like today. Um, I mean this might have happened at another club. Um, I don't really keep track of that stuff. But 
isn't that just a very particular weird situation? Um, yeah, it's it's strange. It's really really strange. And I haven't listened to or read anything from anybody that has made us made sense of like an answer to this. Um. Yeah, so anyway, I know I'm kind of going on about the Van der Beek thing. It's just, it's just interesting and just kind of, I feel really sorry for him. And uh, obviously, yes, he's earning lots of money. That's the other thing as well. You're paying this guy. What did I read out on the episode? Was it 120 grand a week? Why would you pay him 120 grand a week to just bring him on for two minutes or not use him at all for a season and a half? Why would you do that? But then again, our wage structure is like completely screwed because it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just think that Ralph's not completely in, is in control of this team as we'd we'd want him to be, and that's not his fault. Um, because then obviously, if the Glazers or the board have said you can't do this, you can't do that, and he starts doing those things, he probably gets sacked, or something happens. So, yeah. Um, but let me know what what, what do you think of of everything I mentioned? Um. Yeah, the McTominay Fred thing, the uh, Rashford impact sub. I'm glad that that worked. Did, did you have a similar feeling? Some people want Rashford to be sold, which I think is a bit of an overreaction. But hey, you know, if you don't think Rashford's good enough for this team, or you think any player's not good enough for this team, that's up to you to think that. That's your opinion. I'm not going to take that away from you. I just uh, disagree with you. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, let me know what you think of everything I've mentioned. Uh, Matthew Entertainment Talk dot org. Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. You can also use the email box on the website version of this episode. Uh, you can scroll down a little bit, big email box, put your email and the message in there. There's also, there's also a clickable email name that you can use as well to send me a message of your thoughts on all of this. Um, yep, that's it. Uh, West Ham is 3 o'clock on Saturday I'm just going to look up very very quickly because I'm not sure when we're playing after West Ham and I do like to know uh, Man United right so 3-1 Brentford Um, Saturday 22nd 3 o'clock is away at home sorry to West Ham and then the 4th of February is the FA Cup against Middlesbrough and then the 8th of February is Burnley. And then the 12th of February is Southampton. And then the 20th of February is Dan James's return uh, if he plays. Because uh, we're playing Leeds after that. And then we've got a game that I'm genuinely frightened about. Which is Atletico Madrid. And uh, we should all uh, try and get a good night's sleep before that game. Because I don't know that we'll sleep well on that night. Anyway. <laughs> but... um. Uh, Right, so 22nd of January and 4th of February. 22nd of January, 4th of February. Okay, so we don't play next week. So we don't play between... On the week of the 24th, which goes from the 24th, which is a Monday, to the, to the Sunday the 30th, we don't play. And then we come back on 4th of February. It's a Friday, it's a weird day. Uh, so yeah, 22nd, 3 o'clock this Saturday. 4th of February... What time is it? 8 o'clock. That's a Friday night game. That's weird. And then the 8th of February, which is a Tuesday. So, there's your next couple of games. Uh, there we go. I heard that there was some sort of like winter break, but I don't really want a winter break. 
I don't really want football to go on a break right now at all. I want us to push through and and, and get through these games and like test the team and stuff. So anyway, um, if you enjoyed what you've heard in this episode, you can support Entertainment Talk by li- either listening to more episodes. You can find those on the website entertainmenttalk.org. Sorry, entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcasts. By the way, uh, random gaming talk. If you wonder where that's gone to, uh, that's returning next week, probably on Tuesday. Hopefully Tuesday. Uh, with Robert, of course. So that will be returning then. Uh, there is a particular reason that I've done that. And I will explain on the episode. It will make sense and it's a very, very good thing. So just uh, wait for that next Tuesday. Uh, well, this Tuesday, ne- next week Tuesday. Uh, I'll be, I will be returning to doing that. Uh, so yeah, entertainmenttalk.org. TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcasts. So take a look out for all of those. Um, you can also tell other people that you know about what we do and where they can find it. So if they're interested in these podcasts for different things that we cover, uh, you can use the word of mouth, spread the word around, or social media, share what we do on Facebook and Twitter and social media platforms and stuff. Uh, so let other people know about what we do and where they can find it. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options if you'd like to do that. Of course, like as always, you can always find us as well on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk. Uh, you can also get your TV and your film news um, over on geektown.co.uk. Geektown Radio releases on Tuesdays, and there was a new episode yesterday, uh, so go and check that one out. If you missed the Geektown Awards result, that is last week's episode, so check that one out if you want to find out what won what from the Geektown Awards. Bex is still streaming pretty much daily over on Twitch, Trista. B-Y-T-E-S, so just search for her name there. On Twitch, give her a follow, follow all of her cool streams. Uh, my Twitch stuff is going to be back soon. I can't remember the date that I set for it. I think it's next week, but I shall let you all know later. That's obviously going to be for the Pairs Coach Mode streams on Thursdays. Uh, if you want to be notified about those, Twitch, eTalk UK on there. Give me a follow. You'll be notified when I go live. If you miss any of those streams or the little COD clips and stuff, I've got some new ones to put up, actually. Some great stuff happening. Uh, you can find all those YouTube things, uh, archives, Twitch streams and whatnot on YouTube. Entertainment Talk Plays. I don't think I'm recording anything tomorrow, and I don't think I'm recording anything Friday. I'm possibly going to be seeing Scream at the weekend. Um, only if I can see it Saturday, though. Um... So look out for that, and of course the next United Cast episode, which will be um, some point after five o'clock on Saturday, the West Ham game. They're a good team, West Ham. So let's see how that goes. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and I'll uh, see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>